The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The combination of this university with its world-class education and this athletic department with its some of the best programs and the respective sports in the country, and this basketball program with one national championship and 10 Final Fours and 14 Sweet Sixteens and 27 NCAA tournament appearances and 20 Big Ten championships and 51 draft picks in a location where there is a rich pool of talent to recruit beginning with this state and then that whole combination supported by Buckeye Nation a passionate fan base that absolutely loves and craves a winner that combination was was just simply too hard to pass on are you ready for the best Buckeye basketball podcast by the fans for the fans where they cover the Buckeyes and the Big Ten from a perspective like none other, the OHIO Podcast is proud to present Shot from the Shot. Here are your hosts, Nikki D and the Monk. Hey everyone, it's Nikki D here with the Muck for Shots from the Shot. Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. I'd be doing a lot better if we could get some warm weather going on. <laughs> I feel you, man. It's quite chilly here uh, in Ohio and where you're at in that state up north. Uh, Jason, these past five or six games for our Buckeyes have been have had some quite ups and downs, but then some thrilling victories, man. Um, you know, we had a tough loss at Rutgers, 66-64, came back with a strong victory in Ann Arbor, 68-57, then back home in Columbus against Minnesota, 70-45, to with a blowout victory over the Golden Gophers. Then we lose a heartbreaker in Iowa by 13 at home. Come back with an OT thriller uh, and versus the Hoosiers, eighty to sixty nine, and then last night 
an unbelievable come from behind thriller in Champagne to top the top rank seed at the at the time, the Fighting Illini eighty six to eighty three. Um, over these past six games, Jason, what has been your general thoughts on how our Buckeyes have played since we've last spoke here? Ah, I've actually, you know, been impressed. I know they lost the Rutgers game, but they played fairly well for the most part. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Rutgers was just hitting everything that day. And as you've seen, they beat, uh, I think, another ranked team right after they beat Ohio State. Um, I think Iowa was probably the only game I'd be disappointed in because they just they didn't seem to have it that day. And I mean, they did the first half. They hung in strong for most of the second half, but it was like once they got down to that final, I think six minutes, they just completely kind of fell apart offensively. So yeah, definitely. And and what I noticed a lot in that Iowa game too was what I saw when we went to uh, West Lafayette. Uh, to play Purdue and the Boilermakers was we have a real um, t- hard time dealing with size, um, oh, substantial yeah. size. That is like anybody who is anybody EJ Liddell is giving up more than like two inches to, or you know even Zed Key giving more than two inches to. We're we're having a tough time dealing with that down low, and I think that's where we got hurt in that Iowa game. Yeah, that well, that and just not being able to shoot. I mean, they they shot horrible in that game. Oh, we shot eighteen percent from the three. We shot forty six percent from the field. Um, but we also had six free throws. <laughs> Sixty six from the free throw line, but we also had fourteen turnovers compared to Iowa State. Yep, and then the fact they gave up twenty offensive rebounds didn't help them either. Nope, and you got out rebound. I mean, that's not a good formula right there to to you know being to winning a basketball game. Right, and yeah, I mean they didn't even score a point in the final almost three minutes, which you're definitely not going to win anything doing that. But I have kind of noticed that they really do seem to struggle in the last four minutes of games. I don't know why, whether it's they're blowing leads or just can't quite get over that hump in that type of game, but they really need to change that. No, okay. I got a question for you. That Do you think it is we do not have a guard that is a guaranteed bucket or that our offense revolves too much around EJ Lydell that, you know, in those past four minutes, coaches just say, all right, guards, well, you're going to have to beat us now down here in crunch time now that the game's close. I, I, it's got to be a little bit of both because, I mean, we have good guards, but, um, Wheeler does not look to go offensively enough. He needs to look to score more. I mean, even Holtman has said that he has 100% given the green light to shoot and he needs to start shooting. And like you said, with, uh, teams being able to focus on Liddell down low, you know, as you've been seeing it more and more, they're double teaming him. And which has really opened it up for Branham. And now that he is really just kind of taken off, especially because he goes to the basket, it's kind of opening things up. So when they have to start keying on him as well, these other guys like Wheeler 
and Cedric Russell, they are going to have to step up and they are going to have to start making these open jump shots or at least taking them. Like they can't sit back and second guess themselves at this point in the season. You have to just let it ride and go for it. You got the talent. You're at Ohio State for a reason. Now go and take it and show it. 100%. And for guys like Arms and Wheeler, if you catch the ball in your rhythm, jump it, shoot. Shoot the ball in rhythm. If you miss an open shot, you miss an open shot, you're, you know, you can't be mad about that. But if you don't take the open shot, pass the ball, you know, and then we end up getting a bad shot on that possession, you know, not a quality look at the, at the basket, that's something you could get mad at as a coach. Right. You know? I mean, and you you look at Wheeler's percentage. He's shooting 46% from the field uh, and 37% from the three-point line. So he's got the the talent to do it. I just – I don't know if he just doesn't have the confidence in himself to be a consistent scorer or if he's just so used to his game revolving around defense and being that old-school point guard. But that's just not the way the game's played anymore. Your point guard has to be able to score, too. And we see that all over in the NBA. Like the the dominant scorers are the the point guards. Oh yeah, you have to you have to be able to score uh, if you're a Wheeler. You have to be able to. And and I don't necessarily think it's being like a uh, Kobe or like a Steph Curry guy. You know, no. where you're that guard who's just going to be dominant with the ball on the offensive end. Um, I think you just have to pick and choose your spots. But pick and choose those a little more often than you are doing now. Oh yeah, I mean he he, you could have a guy like uh, the most underrated guard in the NBA and Mike Conley. The dude gets no respect, but he is capable of taking over a game in so many different ways. And I, I think Wheeler could be that if he actually tried to, you know, take over a little bit on the offensive side. He, you know, we don't need him scoring even fifteen; just a, a solid ten points a game. And, you know, driving into the bucket, creating opportunities for his teammates, that's just as good as him scoring. So he's just got to get more aggressive out there. I I agree. Just get more aggressive on the offensive end. Um, Out of that game we had up in Ann Arbor against that team up north, we beat them by 11. That feels good, especially after we ended our football season. (laughs) I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) <laughs> right, but, but that feels good. You know, it feels good. Yeah, yeah. we beat them by 11. Um, EJ balled out with 28 oh, points. He, was, he, he was didn't miss a free throw. Um, yeah. I mean, we just, you know, he, he's just a baller. What can else more can you say about the kid? Yeah, he was on fire, that's for sure. I don't think there was a shot that he didn't think was going to fall on that game. And to me, one of my personal favorite parts of that game was the fact that they really stifled uh, Hunter Dickinson, held him to only 14 points. I know that's a good amount of points, but for him, it's not. And he shot 7 to 17. Like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, EJ wasn't much better 8 from 17, but... He had 14 more points, so he was way more effective on the offensive end, which is um, what we need. The fact, like you said, that he went 11 for 11 on free throws, man, that that in itself is amazing. And, I mean, everything else they did, he had three blocks, five rebounds, and you also got to give it up to Cedric Russell in that game. He stepped up big, and he didn't, you know, score a bunch, 
12 points, but that's what we need out of him. Two for two on his three pointers. And so he's another one that needs to uh, step up and do that more consistently because he's, he's come in and hit some really big shots in some key games like Duke. I mean, he had those, what, three or three or four oh, three yeah. pointers. I mean, so he showed he can do it in the big moments. He's just got, got to do it every game. Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't want to move too much off of the team up north because I always like talking about beating them. But <laughs> I, I can't skip over last night, you know, and not pay attention to what happened last night in Champaign. Um, I mean – they came out. They were down big early. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> Jason. I received. I, 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 I was gonna say I received a message from you at work, and you go, "Man, I just checked the score, and it's ugly." And I was like, "Yeah, not too pretty." <laughs> and I then like, I couldn't believe a few minutes later, you're like, "Oh man, they're only down by this much." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and then we pull. We were bringing in from what down twelve, thirteen, almost to. Down one at half. Okay, we we pulled it. We we pulled it down. Pulled it within one to half, and then we outscored them fifty to forty six in the second half. Man, that's Branham. Awesome. Branham Malachi Branham goes off for thirty one points last night. Balled out with thirty one points last night. No, oh, he's a beast, man. I, I really like how fast they. Well, I shouldn't say fast, but how he's really developed and turned into the player we all knew he could be, especially over this uh, last couple weeks, last month. He oh, has, yeah. like, really stepped it up. Oh, yeah, he has. And then followed by Branham's 30 not, 31, sorry, to is A.G. Lydell with 21. And then the third highest score, this may be a surprise, to everybody out there, but it was the heart and soul of this Buckeye team, Kyle Young, with 18. Yeah, that's no surprise to me. I was just glad to see him finally look like he's back to form and 100%. Like, that is the Kyle Young that we saw at the end of the year last year before he got that concussion. Like, he was just starting to tear it up. I love seeing that. And when he has that, when he is playing like that, we are dangerous. Oh, you want to talk about a dangerous basketball team? We showed it last night why that's dangerous. Especially when EJ Liddell is blocking everybody like he was. My goodness, oh. man. Some of those blocks, I don't even know how he got to them. <laughs> he had four. Oh. And then, One of them reminded me of Greg Odin's. One yeah, of Greg Odin's old box where he like just palmed it and threw it like halfway into the stands. The one against Tennessee. <laughs> um, it may have been not the one where it was like up near the shot clock, you oh, know. Okay. Yeah. But I think this one was against Xavier, and he just like basically like just jump palm this thing, and when he like swatted it, it looked like he just threw it straight into the <laughs> stands, like into like the mezzanine, like it was like ridiculous. <laughs> right. Oh, it's like that one Liddell had, you know, coming up yeah. on the the right side of the basket where he came out of nowhere from the side of that dude and just sent it. That was unbelievable. Unreal. And, and then that uh that dunk that Branham had where he 
cut through up on the left side and then right right down the lane and just smashed it. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, that kid, is, I didn't real. I knew he was athletic, but he was, really showed how athletic he is. Oh, yeah, he definitely did. One thing I did like, though, that our team did, we could talk all offensively about it, but was holding um, Cockburn, um, the Illinois star center, to 12 points. No, oh, see, I I didn't even look at that. I can't believe they held him to twelve points. That dude, they is held a him to twelve points. Yep, they held him to twelve points. Plummer went off for twenty six. Their their star guard. Not surprised there. But what I like what Holtman said was, "All right, Plummer, you can beat us, but we're not letting Cockburn beat us." All right, hey, we're gonna make life difficult. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, and and I like that because. If you can make a team one-dimensional in basketball, like if you take away their center or you take away that best guard option that they have, that really throws them off what they want to do offensively. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you and know, when you, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I'm just surprised you don't see more teams focus on something so simple but yet so effective all the time. Because every team you can basically do that too. That you know, because there's always the two guys, but you know, you ain't gonna stop them both. So focus on one, and let the other one try to handle it themselves. Because it's not gonna work. <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. Um, now Malachi going off for thirty-one. Is he the someone on this team? that we need to step up and be that answer and Justice Suing's absence for how long that may be for what now looks like probably the rest of the season? I would, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he is the one that has stepped up. So I think he's already taken that role. Um, As far as players that I feel need to step up to really push this team to where they want to be and where they should be, is Wheeler and Russell. Like, those are two guys that really have to, like, you know, we talked about just a little bit ago, they have to get more aggressive. Um, I think uh, Brown has stepped in to his role really nicely, and I'd kind of like to see him take a little more initiative on the offensive end, but he's, I think he's more just for defense and rebounding because he is just an animal out there on the defensive side. I I definitely agree. Um, I, I do think Malachi is the guy in Suing's absence here, um, especially now that we're entering, entering um, March, and we all know what that means for college basketball. You're, you know, you're judged as a team, coach, player, what you do in the month of March, right? Absolutely. That's that's all that matters is what you do in March. Yes, yes, you know, what you do during the season and how you play for, like, the season awards and all that stuff matters. I mean, so, but it really matters what you do in March. Uh, yeah, it's like that old saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Finish, exactly. So I think going into March, I think Malachi has to be the answer. Not only on the court, like, in the aspect of point production, minutes, 
um, on the, you know, his defensive efficiency, but also the leader that we, that suing was too. I think he needs to be that answer as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think he's taken on kind of a role like uh, Washington as well, where he's just that, that killer on the offensive side that, you know, you can't stop him <laughs> no matter what you try to account for him on. Like, I'm just beyond impressed with that kid. Oh, oh, I'm way impressed with Malachi, and, and I agree. He's kind of like the Washington where, you know, he's just a killer on the offensive end. But what we had when you had Dwayne Washington, when you had all these guys last season, you had leaders on the court when E.J. Liddell wasn't there. Right. Right? And, you know, if Kyle Young isn't out on the floor, Liddell isn't out there, we need somebody to be that leader on the, uh, as a guard on the court to say, hey, even when, you know, Liddell's out because he's in foul trouble, you know? Right. I We got this. You know, like, nothing's going to change. Our offense is still going to run efficiently. And I I don't know, and, and this could just be, you know, fan opinion, but I don't see another one of our guards being able to do that like Malachi would be able to do. No, the, no, the other guards are more or less just there. To, it's kind of like that, that um, quarterback that's just good enough to make the team function, but not really – be a you know a, a world beater superstar team right so yeah. i i agree 100 percent. and i tell you what the way he is going if he continues to do this he's going to play himself right into a first round draft pick this year I, if Which he decides kind of to go <laughs> yeah if he decides to go it's a real bummer but i i could agree i think i think he could play himself into a first round um draft pick as long as he has a good march where the scouts are really watching. Oh yeah. Um right now this Ohio State basketball team is sitting right there in that last position for that bye, you know, for those for that fourth seed bye in the uh Big Ten tournament. We're in a game and a half back. You have Wisconsin and Purdue tied at the top. We're half game back of Illinois. Four games remaining. We know Purdue and Wisconsin have to face each other. Do we still have a shot at the regular season title, Jason? <clears throat> oh, absolutely we do. I mean, it's not a huge shot, and we definitely need some help along the way, but it's it's still within uh, arm's reach. You know, if, like you said, you got uh, Wisconsin and Purdue playing each other, so one of them's getting a guaranteed loss. And so now if we can get Rutgers to upset Wisconsin and possibly Michigan State to upset Purdue, we are right back in the thick of it. I mean, obviously the Buckeyes have to win these last four games. Otherwise, it won't matter. So it's it's pretty much up to them. They just need to go out and handle their business. That's, that's my feeling, too. Um, I, I feel we can't really worry about what Wisconsin and Purdue are going to do. Um I know if we win our next four games, that's all we can do, and we will have a good, um, you know, we'll have a good chance of winning that regular season title. Uh, I'm just looking at the final three. It looks like Illinois has three games left. They go to Ann Arbor, um, then they host uh, the 
Nittany Lions, and then the Hawkeyes. Um, so maybe if Iowa can get that upset against Illinois, too, at the end of the year, that could, you know, spring us up into I, that second or third seed. Uh, I can see it, man. Iowa's been playing lights out recently, so. And they just got ranked, I see. They're they're ranked 25 now. I mean, just, just the fact that, you know, like we had been saying from the beginning that, the Buckeyes just had to be there at the end, and they've done everything that we've expected. So, hey, they're putting themselves in position um, to make a strong run at the Big Ten champ- tournament championship. They put themselves in good position to possibly win the Big Ten regular season championship, and they're putting themselves in a good position to get a good seat in the NCAA tournament. Um, the last, the last mock, if you will, quote unquote mock, um, bracket I saw projection was, I think we were four or five seed, um, which, which is that iffy upset area where you get into like those lower level schools like Bucknell, who are really talented and fundamental, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, that, that, you're getting into that area, but I feel like if we put a strong march together, or a strong end of the season, and a strong Big Ten tournament together where we make the Big Ten championship, I think you see us move from that four to five into that two to three conversation seed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but anymore, I think just about every seed, no matter where you're at, is potential for an upset. <laughs> like, and I, I think this year, especially, you're going to see probably more upsets than we've ever seen in a March Madness tournament. I just have that feeling because everybody's so close to each other record-wise, and you've been seeing, you know, the the team. You know, there's usually that one or two teams that are just heads above everybody else, and we haven't had that all season. I mean, no, a no. couple, couple close ones, but they've been getting beat as well. Yeah. So, oh yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> this isn't your typical year where Kansas is over dominant. Duke's yep. really over dominant. Virginia has been, you know, really dominant these past few years. North Carolina, you know, Kentucky, right. you know, Kentucky. You know, you're not really hearing those, you know, like oh, Duke is the overwhelming favorite to win the tournament this year. It's, you know, no, you're you're not hearing those talks. And it, and to me. What that means is it's anybody's tournament oh, to go absolutely. out there and win. Why not us? I tell you, I mean, there's there's going to be some teams to really watch out for if they can get in the right spot. You know, some of these smaller schools, you know, like a Wichita State. I'm not – I don't know how they are this year, but just as an example, uh, team, like, you know, we've even talked about this um, at the beginning of the year with Ohio State's first game. Play was it Toledo that they played? Um, that they only won by a few points. Akron, Akron. You know that's that's a team that is a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of leadership there. They've been together for you know three four years, and teams like that always seem to thrive in the tournament out of nowhere. And I think there's going to be a handful of those teams this year. I I agree. Um, speaking of the tournament. Um, now that we're now that we're getting closer into March, um, state uh, stand by everyone. 
because um, we will be going into further detail about our bracket pool this year. So if you like um, filling out those brackets, uh, getting involved, we will be hosting a Shots from the Shot bracket pool um, with maybe some prizes out there for everyone to, you know, for those to, uh, for everyone to win. Um, it will be hosted through the ESPN Tournament Challenge. Um, very easy. It does all the scoring for us. Um, and all you have to do is download the app into your teams, hit save, and everything is good to go. Um, but we'll definitely get some more information out about that closer to when that time comes. Um, speaking again about the NCAA tournament, Jason, will we have just a suing for the tournament? Is that a possibility? I mean, we heard a month ago he was close to being returned. We haven't seen him. I mean, is is it just safe to say he's not going to join us this year? Um, I the the um the I can't even think of the word I want to say, but the most okay here we go. The most recent um thing that I was able to find. Um, on Holtman talking about it, he had said that he's still hopeful and optimistic that suing could return in time for the tournament. But personally, I feel at this point of the year, he, he needs to just focus on getting healthy, stay for next season because uh, he's going to hamper himself if he comes in and only gets one or two games. That's not going to do anything for him. He might as well just chalk up the year as it being done. Focus on next year, work, get back, and you know prove it, that he can play and stay healthy and get in the NBA and try to improve his draft stock and see where it goes. And Jason, I think with Holtman's words being optimistic, that whole return is exactly what you're saying. We're chalking right. this year <laughs> up, you know. Um, for him, he's gonna. We're gonna focus on him getting healthy and rejoining us next year. Right. I, I I feel like that's the underlying sentiment of his of his words there because you were optimistic a month ago. Right. Are you gonna bring him back for the Big Ten tournament? He gets re-injured and now he's out again. You know, I I I, I don't know how I you make wouldn't. that call. I, you make it just like we just said. You yeah. have him focus on getting healthy and just, you know, worry about next year because there's just, he, he, it's not going to benefit him to come back. And I don't think it's really going to benefit us at this point because it's just so late in the season. So you got, you got to focus on the, the guy's health. You know, that's what's most important for him right now because we've seen it so many times and great players. That had the potential to be <clears throat> Hall of Famers or better <clears throat> come back too early and just ruin their careers. I mean, Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, for example. I mean, you just you gotta you gotta know when to fold them. <laughs> yeah, I, Derek Rose. I mean, oh, look at absolutely. Derek Rose. He came back from his AC. I mean, he took a year off even after his surgery, like a full NBA season after and came back and tore his other ones. I mean, like, really, there's no telling what can happen, but um, you definitely don't want to come back too early to risk further injury. I mean, right. Kevin, we saw Kevin Durant come back from his sore calf or strained calf and then end up tearing his Achilles. Yeah, it's it's just not worth it, man. You got you got to think of your yourself, your health, and your future at some point. You know, right. I know you got the love for the game, but the game will still be there next year. 
Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> now, we have four games left. Jason, the end of the season, do we go 4-0? Um, I, I definitely believe we can. But with the Big Ten, nothing's a guarantee. <laughs> so, and the the one that worries me the most is I believe it's the next game coming up at Maryland. I think that one's going to be the toughest because the other three are at home. I can't can't disagree with you there, but I'm going to say yes. I say we go four and zero in these last four games. We pull. We make we make the top of the Big Ten nervous. We make Illinois, Wisconsin, and Purdue nervous, and we and they go, oh, now we don't have to worry about Ohio State because before it was just us three, but now there's this four team in here that's really dangerous because they're scrappy, right? Yeah, well, like we, we should have beat Purdue. So honestly, we beat all all the top teams. <laughs> yeah, even though we lost to Purdue that game, we should have won. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, well, we were down like twenty three, and we only lost by three points or something. Yeah, we should have yeah, won that game. With uh, yeah, I think man, what was it like ten minutes ago, twelve minutes ago, when they were starting you know, down by twenty and caught back yeah. up like that, <laughs> and we came all the way back. Yeah. So. But uh, any final thoughts going into this last stretch of the uh, the final uh, four games of the season, Mike? I you know selfishly, I'm I'm kind of. Iffy on Branham continuing to do so great. I mean, obviously, I want the kid to do great, but I don't want him to leave after one year either. <laughs> so I just, um, if he keeps doing what he's doing, it's nothing but upside. That's for sure. And I got to give a shout out to Ohio State's women's team, who actually still has a shot to win the Big Ten title as well. Definitely. Definitely. Big I shout think- out there. I think they got a closeout today, I think, is their last game. And, I mean, they need a little help, too, but their situation looks pretty good. That's great to hear. Buck, Buckeyes winning all around. Um, well, there you have it, folks. There's the Monks' last uh, final you know, final thoughts here um, on the season uh, going into the last four games. Now, um, we do have a surprise for everybody. Um, we do have a Big Ten Insider. Yeah, that's right. You guys heard it here first. Big Ten Insider joining Shots from the Shot um, next show. So listen into it. It's going to be a great one about um, us versus Sparty. Uh was a little insight from a Michigan State alum who is working for the Big Ten. So um, it's going to be a great one, isn't it, Monk? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She also um, works for ESPN Plus, ESPN3, and she does a um, Michigan high school sports athletics show for the high school um, teams around the state. Oh, so she she's busy all the time. <laughs> busy all the time. We are fortunate enough to have her on Shots from the Shots, so don't miss that on on our next episode. Um, everyone, till then, hang on, Sloopy. Keep calm and Buckeye on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.